This is George Lynch, and you are listening to the George Lynch Hunting Podcast Show from Legendary Gear. The time is now, and the season is open to become your own legend. Hang with us as we talk all things hunting to keep you tipping toenails all year long. We've got you covered with hunting, strategy, tips, tactics, gear, and we'll even share some stories from the field and insights from the experts. We'll even cover waterfowl, turkey, deer, elk, bear, moose, and predator. Basically, if we can hunt it, we're going to talk about it. So listen in and subscribe to the George Lynch Hunting Podcast Show. Hey folks, it's George Lynch with Legendary Gear doing our podcast and I got our, our first guest and a special guest, a good friend of ours named Ethan Gooch. And uh, Ethan is a young man. He's a senior in college. He lives in Missouri with, with his family. And uh, he's an avid hunter and filmer who has traveled the country to hunt and film and build the content for his YouTube. The Gucci TV, which is currently about 26,000 subscribers. And probably it's how many how many viewers is there, Ethan? Um, I'd say there's a couple hundred thousand a month, probably. Wow. So, I just looked last year, I think I'll be real close to a million views last year, which is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That's quite a few. Um, you know, it's a, it's amazing. It's a journal a journey. I mean, what you're doing, it's impressive for, you know, uh, people who's been skilled trade, have been doing it for a while, but, uh. You know, you you started. Um, you know, you're still in college, and being able to do that and, and hunt. But uh, you know, I want to get a little background to our viewers. Of, of you know, we're going to get into why you got into this. But as your background, I'd like to get into is, you know, how long you been hunting, and why did you get in hunting? Yeah. So, um, like George said, I'm from Missouri. Um, George and I actually only live probably 80 miles apart so um i'm close to iowa and uh, my family had always hunted uh, my dad and my grandpa especially and i just kind of grew up um going hunting with my dad and my grandpa um some of my earliest memories hunting was um in a duck blind with my grandpa and my dad and i just fell in love with it way more than they they probably did and uh, started going every chance they would take me. And then I remember as soon as I was 14, um, I think it's still this way, but in, in Missouri, when you turn 14, you can get your hunter safety and be able to hunt by yourself. So as soon as I could get that, I got that. And from there, I just started hunting a lot. Um, deer, turkey, waterfowl. Um, the waterfowl really started uh, heavy once I could drive just because you know, we were able to scout by ourselves and all my buddies were able to drive. And um, so it really wasn't until probably five or six years ago that I really got into waterfowl hunting um, as much as I do now. And it's by far my favorite um, of any hunting I do now. And it's what we do the most. Awesome. And, and you know, your, your story is so much more like mine and, a, and a, I'm sure like a lot of guys into hunting that, it, you know, you started with your family. I hear you had a father, you had an uncle, you had somebody, you know, kind of a grandfather who uh, planted the seed. And it's kind of with me my father. I grew up in a family as well, but I'm kind of like you. I, it, it, for some reason, I became obsessed with it when everybody else just thought it was normal to hunt. Uh, you know, hunting was, it was part of our life, but I, I became obsessed with it. Like, kind of like you, it, it happens. And, you know, so 
you, you started hunting early, you get that, you get that bug, you get that fever, but it, you know, with your generation, that's, what's cool about you guys. Cause you're, I call the tech generation. Um, you know, the only thing that we had in my day, the tech was turning the TV off and on. We didn't even have a remote. Dad would make me to get up and go turn the channel. I was the remote. Um, so you, you talk about a generation now that with all the technology. So what was it that uh, um, made you decide to start filming, you know, to get into the filming aspects of hunting? Because I thought so much about getting into the filming, but I'm not so technical. Challenge, you know, I'm kind of a little technical challenge. So that's the neat thing about you guys. You like to hunt. But, you know, the tech is, is kind of comes normal. So what is it and what was it that got you, hey, I want to start record, recording uh, these these hunts? Yeah, I get asked this question a lot. And there's kind of two reasons. Um, both of my parents were really busy. My mom really doesn't hunt um, at all. Um, my dad likes to go when he can. Um, but uh, my dad's a dentist and then my mom, um, you know, has a full-time job. And they were just really busy. And I remember always coming home, um, my dad would drop me off to go hunting. And then I'd tell him, you know, what had happened or, um, you know, try to tell him or explain the hunt. And it just never seemed to do any justice. So the first real reason was I would just wanted to be able to show my friends and my family, um, my dad in particular, you know, what had happened um, while I'd been there. And at that time, I was just mostly hunting by myself. So, um, yeah, the memory was cool for me, but I wanted people to be able to, to see what I was doing. It really was never about um, posting it on YouTube or, um, you know, trying to get um, a bunch of followers off of it. It was just to have the memory and be able to show, um, you know, the people I knew that liked to hunt. And then as it progressed, like you said, as far as just technology went, I found myself learning how to hunt and learning um, just different things about hunting and being outdoors from YouTube um, and just online, Instagram, Facebook, um, just all the social media. I found myself learning and looking to guys on there that um, you know could teach me what I wanted to know about hunting. And so after a couple of years, um, I had been filming my hunts and I was I, it just kind of came to me, you know, maybe there would be someone that found value in, um, you know, watching what we did. And if there's any, you know, amount of knowledge or um, someone can get enjoyment out of watching us hunt, um, that would be pretty cool. So that's kind of when it, it went to the YouTube um, was when I had seen other people doing it. And I thought, you know, we've been doing this for a couple of years. Maybe we, you know, can help some other kids out that, that don't have a dad or don't have um, somebody to really show them what they're doing. So that's that's kind of how it got started. And then um, from there, it's kind of just um, been a natural progression. I got my first YouTube channel, and then I've upgraded cameras here and there. And then, um, you know, once I started seeing people um, watch the YouTube channel, I started to get much more into the actual filming and production side of the hunting um, as opposed to just um, going out without a camera. Well, tell us a little bit about your uh, your Gucci team, and I mean that's the yeah. name of your program, the Gucci uh, Gucci TV. Uh, Give us a little bit, you know, background of how that that came about and, and transpired. Uh, the people that's with you. Yeah, sure. So, um, 
for those that don't know, I did an internship um, my junior year of college. I was going to graduate a semester early, so I decided to take a semester off, and I spent um, six months traveling with a YouTube channel called The Hunting Public. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have seen that show, but those of you that haven't, you can check it out. They travel all around um, the United States, and they mostly deer and turkey hunt, um, and it's almost all exclusively on public land. And they had an internship opportunity where you could sign up to be a um, uh, thermographer or whatever, uh, a videographer, I guess is the correct term. Um, but I just signed up for that, and I was lucky enough to get it. So I spent six months with them um, traveling and filming. And about halfway through that, I, I, I thought to myself, man, there's there's nothing that is in my way of doing this myself. So as soon as I got back from that, which was almost exactly a year ago, a little bit more than a year ago, um, I started my own YouTube channel. And I had two buddies living with me at the time. We've, I mean, we've hunted together as long as I can remember. They're both from my hometown, Bryce Hazen and uh, Tanner Lane. Uh, and they just kind of took it off running with me. Um, like I said, we hunt together all the time. Um, both of those guys are in college. One goes here and one goes about an hour away. And um, we just made it a priority to make sure somebody was filming um, most of our hunts. And um, all learned how to edit. All uh, started just taking it way more seriously as far as the filming went, and um, here we are. It's made it so much fun, and uh, I don't know. There's a when I started, it was funny because, and I'm sure it might be the same for you, George. But you know, the people would always say, um, "Well, you don't want to turn your hobby into a job, yeah. or you don't, you know, it, it will make it not fun, or you're going to get burnt out." and I found myself, like, the more and more I got into it, the more it was a job or it was a priority, the more fun I had. And I don't know if it's just because I'm obsessed with it and want to be doing it all the time, but, you know, my dad especially, he likes to go hunting to just get away from everything. And I like to do that too, but I want to be hunting all the time. I mean, I want to <laughs> be out doing something, you know, all the time. And so if I could find a way to um, be around that, um, even if it was sitting behind a computer editing a hunt, um, yeah, I'm not hunting, but I'm getting to do something related to hunting. I'm sure it's the same with building calls. You know, you're not you're not out there in the goose field. You're not um, out there hunting, but you're doing something related to that. And so that's that's when it got serious, and that's when I really, really started to enjoy all of it. Was when I got to just do it all the time. Something that you have a passion for. I mean, it's you're exactly right you know it's not that whether i got into this to be rich is because i got into it, it's what i have the passion for and it's what what you love to do and it and it just it motivates you it moves you and i i totally get it and I, i'll tell you what's impressive because uh, it's talking about you know your three partner you know the three of you there and um it's hard for people who are in business, you know, mature. And I don't say not, not you're not mature, but people who are in business and out of college and in school. I mean, these guys. It's hard to get people who can see uh, without arguing or have the same visions. And just, you know, for the three of you to to get together and everybody gets works together, get the work done. That's really impressive. That says a lot about all of your guys' personalities. You know, of uh, being able to work together. Yeah, absolutely. And we, you know, we had 
that was kind of the other thing people were saying at the beginning was just, you know, it, you're kind of taking a risk there when, you know, it's all, it's basically my whole hunting crew um, is trying to turn this into a job. And, um, you know, we've all found a way to get along, and it's, it's interesting what everyone contributes. Um, you know, T-Lane, I call him T-Lane, Tanner Lane, is not great behind the camera, but he's always the first one to help um, find the hunt. He's always the one that's out there doing all the work um, to make the hunts happen. And um, Bryce is much more taking up the responsibility of filming when I can't and uh, editing. So it's just interesting to see what everyone brings to the table. And um, I don't know. I, it would be hard for us to ever um, not hunt together again. I mean, we've, we've certainly gotten into some arguments and such. But at the end of the day, we all love to hunt, and we're all good buddies. So um, it just seemed to work out. Yeah, camaraderie shows. Uh, now, <laughs> you tell that my wife wrote the, wrote the question because she says that you have a girlfriend. We're, we're going to talk about your girlfriend. <laughs> Is your what, sure. what is your girlfriend's name? My girlfriend's name is Anna. Um, she's actually right here. She just made <laughs> breakfast and she's getting ready to go to class. But um, Anna has been a very integral part to um, all of it, really. Um, I'm, as I'm sure Diane has been for years, she's very good at just being supportive and she's great at um, the more creative side of um youtube and just filming in general i um as i'm sure you guys have come to find out a lot of it is how you present yourself and um i was never real big on you know making stuff look flashy or making stuff look that neat and organized i just wanted to film the hunt and put it out there and have people watch it but i quickly realized that you know people who watch hunts based on the title they watch hunts based on you know the picture that shows up in the beginning um, you know, they, they watch your YouTube because of the pictures you post on Instagram. And it's so great to have somebody that is, you know, creative minded, very organized, um, to be there to ask questions because if it, if it wasn't for her, um, I, I don't think I would do any of that stuff very well at all. And, um, she has gotten much more into hunting than, um, she had in the past, um, she loves to run a camera now. In fact, we just went to Arkansas, and um, well, it was the day we shot 126 snow geese, and the first two groups came in perfectly, and I was filming, and she was shooting, and she got done shooting into the second group, and she's like, I think I want to film. I was like, are you sure you don't want to shoot? Because I, I was like dying to shoot, because I was just sitting there behind the camera watching all my buddies shoot. She's <laughs> like, no, I want to film. And so she took the camera over, and I was able to shoot, and she just loves, you know, loves that side of it. So, um, yeah, I, she has been very integral to the success, and she's very supportive of, of all of it. So it's great What's, to uh, around. You know, does she have a favorite thing she likes to hunt? She likes to hunt deer, and I think, I think it's because she's probably the most comfortable while she's deer hunting. She just takes a book and... We usually, when she goes, we sit in a tower stand, and she can just sit there and read her book, and, you know, a deer can walk out, and she can shoot it, or she can watch it, and uh, she's just very comfortable while she's deer hunting, so I think that's it. I think what's interesting is that it just goes back to, you know, what people 
find um, to be the thing that they like about hunting. But I think the thing she likes most about hunting is just being outside and um, spending time with me, um, which I certainly enjoy when I'm with her. But um, that's not the only reason I hunt. But it's interesting when you go with different people hunting, you know, what they what they enjoy about it, I guess. Um, and that's definitely what she enjoys the most about it. I found that out with Diane too. You know, everybody sees all the game and the big deer and and her birds and coyotes, everything she's shooting. But they, you know, what's your favorite? And she says it's just spending time with George. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't be more true. And I, I think it's been interesting now that I'd say that's kind of the biggest challenge now, like trying to film everything and. Um, just the pressure of like, oh, every hunt, you know, I, we try to make sure every single hunt is good because we're spending a lot of resources to, um, you know, to have somebody there to film it and then obviously edit it all and post it. But, um, you know, it's interesting now, a lot of times when I go with Anna or when I go with my dad, I don't even bring a camera anymore. Um, you know, it's just like, I don't, I don't want this to be a job. I want to just go and spend time with the people that, um, are important to me. So that's been the most interesting thing is trying to, um, change my attitude about hunting when I've been, you know, when I go with different people or, um, people have just different outlooks on what hunting is to them. You know, Ethan, that is a great point to tell our listeners because, um, for one thing, you know, you, you start out, you could have the passion for hunting or you're a hunter, uh, with me, you know, I started hunting when I was, I mean, young, I come from both my parents from the South and all my uh, big family and everything, everybody was hunters. That's how we grew up. I mean, I have pictures of my mother when we were tiny, uh, come in and we'd throw our pheasants and rabbits on the floor and she'd come out there and clean them and cook them. And I mean, that was back in the day it, it's changed, but to, um, I was, you know, I started guiding and I, and I became a, a, uh, I guided a lot in waterfowl, especially and I caught myself because, you know, it was always about we had to produce. That was money. The more birds are the good shooting. And, you know, so you had to be good. You had to make sure that we, we shot limits or we got, the, you know, our clients got shots. Well, from guiding so much that when my son was young and we're talking eight and ten, you know, grabbing him and taking him out to hunt with me, I had to to uh, separate myself from the guide and outfitter to, to being just yeah. a dad and letting my son just enjoy making a few mistakes. And, you know, I had to catch myself a couple of times that, you know, Hey, why we should have shot them birds. We shouldn't. <laughs> then all of a sudden you realize, Hey man, you got to separate that. This is, you know, this is your hunting, what you love to do in your son and make it fun. And so, yeah, you have to, you have to identify that. Um, Absolutely. So, I, um, it was interesting real quick. My, my grandma wanted to go. She'd never been hunting in this last year. And she had seen, she'd watched some of the videos and she was like, I want to go, but I don't want, I don't want to bring a gun. I don't want anybody to bring a gun. So all we did was go out in the deer stand. She just read a book and watched deer. And it was a strange experience for me because obviously <laughs> I was, um, you know, trying, I was, it wasn't really hunting, I guess at that point, but, um, yeah, it's, it's just interesting when you when you go with different people and um, have different outlooks on it. That's um, really cool. Definitely, absolutely. Yeah, and you know what, what? One thing with waterfowl, and, and it's probably more than other hunting, but is is based on weather. And you know, people say, "Well, do you, you set a schedule for your hunts?" 
and that might work with deer and, and maybe turkey and stuff like that <laughs> or if you're hunting predator but with waterfowl it's really induced by the weather and you right. know so if the birds aren't migrating if you're in an area which we find some years we got good weather and we got birds pushed in at a certain time or there's other times it could be the next year hey uh the second week november dude it's warm and nothing's even move everything's stale so being that we, you have to put up with that in your schedule um that's got to be tough you know going to school and and upholding you know grades and and then running the gucci tv and in your relationship so with all that going on about how many hunts do you guys usually get in a year man i don't i wish i could say um it's it's interesting now um i would say it's about the same as it's always been it's just like you said as far as the you know the guide mentality um I found that we go on less bad hunts just because we don't just go to hunt anymore, if that makes any sense. Yep. Um, just because we're, we're filming it and, you know, we've all got, all three of us are in college, all three of us have a job, and, um, you know, it's just like we're going to go, we're going to try to make sure it's good. But um, I saw that question when you um, when you all had sent it to me, and um, I don't know, just for a, a little bit of a, I was trying to think. I don't have any number to place on it, but I can. I was thinking about the last month. Um, I was in Arkansas from. We got out of school the 15th. I was in Arkansas the 16th to the 24th. We hunted every day, and then I drove home and had Christmas for four days, and then I was back the 29th to the 11th, and then I went back the following weekend for three days, and then I came back, and then we hunted. Canada four times that week and then that was last weekend and then I'm leaving today to go to Texas for four days and then I'm coming back I'll be back for four days and then I leave next Friday to go to Arkansas for three days for the snow goose competition so it's just I mean I told Anna just last night I was like I'm, I'm it's it's about to the end here we're we're about closed up on waterfowl hunting but it's been every weekend and every day I have off, we've been somewhere, you know, trying to film. So I don't know. It'll slow down here. Um, but it's just, especially being a waterfowl channel, you know how it is when it's good. You pretty much, you got to be out there. And so I don't know, the last three months, um, it seems like at least half the days, maybe, um, maybe a third to half the days we're out, you know, trying to make a video or do something. So, it's been busy, but it's going to slow down here um, in the next month, and then we'll hit turkeys pretty hard. But I don't have an idea on the number. And it's interesting now, probably one of the cooler parts of the YouTube is, um, and Diane was saying that you guys get the same thing, um, is how many invites you get um, to go do something or, um, you know, people that you had, you'd met somewhere that had, um, you know, they'll text me or they'll call me or, shoot me a message and just say, Hey, I, you know, the birds are here and you can come down this weekend and do this. Um, so I, my, my schedule, I try to keep relatively flexible and, um, that's been really cool. The connections I've been able to make and just the places I've been able to go. Um, people have been willing to just, you know, have somebody tag along and film it. So, um, in fact, those guys from Arkansas, that's a crazy story. Last year when we won the competition that I filmed, I, uh, 
all I had done was put something on my Instagram story. I said, my dream hunt is to go to Arkansas and film a speck belly hunt. And uh, they messaged back and said, hey, come down. It was like a Thursday I put that up. They said, hey, come down this weekend. So I left on um, Friday midday and drove all the way to Arkansas and uh, hunted with them. And then the next weekend was the competition, and I filmed it. And they ended up killing 473 snow geese the next weekend. And wow. I think that video has over a million views um, on YouTube. It's just, you know, crazy how some of those connections and you get lucky on some of those things. Um, and then I spent a month with them um, guiding, you know, this this uh, winter while I was in school. So um, that's been the coolest part, it's just the connections and the different people you meet. Uh, did you say there was 460-some snow geese they shot in a weekend? They shot 473 in uh, like five and a half hours. <laughs> wow. Ten guys. You know what's crazy? And I guess. I wonder what? how many shells were shot to shoot the 473 birds. You know that? Well, that yeah, we uh, we uh, everyone. So there's ten people on a team. We're gonna we're gonna go down and do the competition. And uh, people ask about this a lot, so I might as well describe it. The Max Prairie Wing Snow Geese Competition, I guess it's called the Max Prairie Wing Snow Geese World Championships. It, it's in Stuttgart. Um, and Diane was saying that you guys um, had been, um, you know some some of the guys from Max, so um, this might not be new information to you, but um, it's held by Max, and you can enter a team of 10, and uh, you have from the morning, from sun, from shooting time in the morning until 1 o'clock to shoot as many snow geese as you can. You have to decoy them. And uh, I went down last year, and we we found a feed and set up on it. And, um, yeah, like I said, they killed 473. But to my best knowledge, everyone had a case of shells, and we didn't have – we had to stop because we ran out of shells. So there's <laughs> 10 cases of shells. And got shot on that hunt. Hey, and I got a question. Hide, you know, I got a question yeah. for you. You said that all the birds had to be decoying. So who monitors that all the birds are decoyed? There's a field judge. So Max sends a ah. uh, a person, and they go and they sit in your blind with you. Um, I can't remember the name of our guy, but every team has a, a guy go with. Yeah them in the field and then when you get back it's interesting i see i i was real hesitant to film this because i knew if it was good there was going to be you know people talking there's always buzz but um so then the field judge has to you know watch the whole hunt basically and then when you get back to max if you win everybody has to take a lie detector test that was on the team um and so oh, everybody took a lie detector test, and they asked, you know, did you have any birds that were stored? Did you did you decoy every bird? Um, how many birds did you shoot? And, uh, yeah, if everyone passes, then you, you win. But as far as the competition can go, it, it, it seems like it's as fair as possible. Um, you know, I don't know if there are people that cheat or don't, but um, it would be very hard to fabricate um, anything with, you know, somebody watching the whole thing and then having to take a lie detector at the end. Uh, you know, that's crazy. But you know what's more crazy? Because I've sat there at that end of the ground and with thousands of snow geese. I mean, it, it's it's something in itself. I just think it's one of the most coolest things 
Um, I think they're the, the the artists of the sky, how they they come in, and it's beautiful. I just can't. People can't fathom to shoot that many birds, the action that you guys had in such a quick time, but the amount of, of that many birds and the amount of shots that go off. I mean, it, it is it's totally got to be breathtaking and. You know, it's yeah, and, and Max did a great job putting that on. Chuck, Chuck Locke, the owner, he's good friends with Diane and I both. And, you know, we always talked about when we go down and be part of that. It's just it's a tough time of year with Turkey coming with us. But uh, I just just, you know, you capturing that is I just know that that is in of all the hunting done in, in the country over the whole year, that hunt and that type of hunting is, is a single digit um stands out by itself you just that's not an everyday hunt seeing something like that mm. yeah it's crazy and like i said it's just there was no you know obviously i had to drive down to arkansas and take a risk on people i'd never met but um just pure luck um you know that that was that worked out and um you know hopefully hopefully it goes well again this year and um yeah it was just awesome that, that some of that stuff works out the way it does. But the, this is how I kind of explain it to people when they're talking about hunting. This is, you know, when you look at it, you got 12 months in a year. So if you work a job, you got, you're working five, day, or five days a week, whatever. But in hunting, you know, you might, depending, especially if it's deer in the waterfall that fall, you might have four, four and a half months out of the year. That's all hunting days. Well, those aren't all good. And then you only got so many weeks of the, out of that four and a half months there's only so many weeks that are going to be good, and then there's so many days that are hot. So those right. hot days, are the, and that's out of 365 days a year. So when those hot days come, you have to drop and go and be able to have that schedule, like you mentioned earlier about you have to be inflexible. I think that's a great advice to somebody when they ask you, how do I get in it, or you know, what's son of the the things that I need to have or be able to do to be successful. And I think you, you hit one of the keys is being flexible that you got to drop and be able to go. Um, you know, you're not going to be able to go at your, at somebody's party or someone's birthday party this weekend. I'm heading down to Arkansas because there's snow geese or speckabellies. That's, that's, that's a great tip. And when you hit that word, I, I would say that is probably a key word is being flexible. Yeah. Most definitely. I was looking um, when you all sent the question. Um, so it's been, um, there's been 13 months, I guess, that we've been doing this. And there's been 115 videos that I've posted wow. um, on YouTube. And when you go, you know, when I was thinking about, you know, at the beginning, you're like, geez, I don't know if I'll ever make 100 videos. Um, but it's crazy thinking about, like you said, how many, like how few and how rare those hot days are. And then just having something to, you know, when we, when it's go time, we've got to get all the videos we can. It's the same thing when you're guiding. Like when I was down in Arkansas, you know, when it's good and you're in a rhythm, you got to make, you know, you got to make those count because those people are, are paying to be there. These viewers are spending, you know, their time, um, watching your videos. So, um, yeah, the, the flexibility thing. And that's what I tell a lot of people that get into it is, um, you know, you got to, if you are passionate about it and you want to do it, you know, you've got to, there's, there's some times where you got to sacrifice. It's just like anything else you do. You know, if you're, if you're a diehard football player, 
you know, there's times you're going to be practicing when other people are out partying. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's times, there's times you might want to go on a trip, but, you know, it'd be better to um, stay back and lift weights or whatever it is. And, blowing duck and um, goose calls. You know, you know, blowing a duck and goose call, right. guys, man, I wish I could blow like that as well. Yeah, it takes hours of practice. You know, you, you've got to right. want to do that. You know, this is a kind of a two-part question I want to get through here as we're going through this. Um, one is, what is your favorite species to hunt? But along with that, that being your favorite species to hunt, is that also your favorite species to film? Mm. Yeah, I... By far and away, my favorite species to hunt is snow geese. I would I would drop everything else and just chase snow geese around. And it's um, been that way forever. I remember um, when we, when me, Bryce, and Keelane really um, got serious about waterfowl hunting, we all worked all summer and saved us $5,000 a piece. And we went out and bought um, 80 dozen full-body snow geese decoys at like 16 so we could run a migrator spread. That's impressive. And there was really nobody else around here doing that. Doing that. And we just, <laughs> we love snow geese hunting. Um, and we're going to set that up here in a couple of weeks. I'm getting, this is my favorite time of the year, um, hunting spring snow geese. But um, by far, in a way, my favorite thing to, to film is, um, well, to hunt, I guess, and film is snow geese. But um, I'm really excited. Like I said, I'm going to Texas this weekend with my dad. He's been going with his friends every year down to texas to santo crane hunt and i've never done that before so i don't i don't know i'm sure that's going to be a lot of fun i'm excited about that but if i had one thing to do forever it would probably be snow goose hunting and it on more times than not it's terrible it doesn't work out but on the days that it works out and it's special there's nothing like nothing like it is there i mean they uh they are just in the sky when they come in i'm 30 years, I'm going to ask you that question 30 years from now because I was like you as a young man, friggin' snow geese, baby. Kill them seven days a week. <laughs> I'll never forget, uh, I guided eight weeks one time. Snow geese started in, in uh, southern Missouri. Arkansas, really, at the, you know, years ago, Arkansas was not the even spoken of going down and killing right. snow geese. We all started in Missouri and worked out through Iowa and up to, you know, Minnesota or Dakotas and, and followed them all the way up through that way. But, you know, when you're a young lad, man, I was eight weeks solid, seven days a week guiding snow geese, and you didn't know what day it was. You, you laid in bed at night, and all you heard was the speakers of the snow geese going off in your ears. Yeah. And um, you'd wake up. And you loved it, but we'd move sets, you know. We'd sit here and move. You know, we we're hunting with almost 2,000 decoys, and then all the motion. And it, so it took hours setting up, hours to tear down. I don't think of it now, Ethan, and I'm like, I'll hire some high school kids to come out. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's the work. It's a young man's game. Yeah, it but, absolutely is. And that's my my dad always asked me like when we first did that, you know, why do you like it? And uh, I don't know. I think I, I honest to God think the biggest thing is the work. I like, you know, I just, I, I, it gives me an excuse to go out there and spend five hours setting up decoys and I can act like I'm, you know, doing something related to hunting. It just goes back to what I'm passionate about. It just, it takes more of my time and there's more of an investment with it. But it's interesting. I, when I was down in Arkansas, those, those guys that um, I was with, you know, they like to snow goose hunt, but they they don't 
they don't like it as much as they used to, I guess, just because, of, you know, when you talk about waking up every morning and setting 500 to 1,000 full-body snow goose decoys and, um, you know, on the whim that it might work out, um, I think they're, those days have pretty well passed. So <laughs> I've heard that from a lot of people that <laughs> it's a young man's game and you're not always going to love it as much as you do now as far as all the work's concerned. But, you know, it's just, you know, I still love slaying in the blind. It's, you know, even Diane, Diane's new to the hunting, um, marketing and all that's her background, but I'm actually the first hunter she's ever met. And, and so I've, you know, got her into it. She's been a great sport. She's a natural shooting bow or gun, but that's one of the things, you know, so she's done the turkey hunting. She's done the coyote hunting. She's done the, the deer hunting, the waterfowl. She loves it all. But one of the comments she made, because her and I, you know, we kind of live secluded here. We live on a waterfowl refuge. And it's an old duck club that I own. Plus, we have a caretaker's place we made and fixed up. So her and I, what I'm trying to say is when we waterfowl hunt, it's usually just her and I. We don't hunt with a gang like when I was younger in Michigan. You know, everybody wanted to hunt with you, and we all got together. So everybody had their own work, but now it's just her and I, you know, setting decoys and thatching blinds, and, and I've made her. She's actually first started out, you know, she thought I was too picky and concealing the blinds, and now <laughs> I'd say she's probably pickier than me, making sure everything's thatched. But yeah. she made a comment this past season <laughs> Wow, this waterfall hunting's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, and it is. You know, like yeah, you said, exactly. getting up early in the morning and heading. But man, I still love it. It's just I don't. I just I don't have the energy to, to on the yeah. snow geese. Still like to watch them come down though. It's it's unbelievable. <laughs> um, that's one of the things. You know, did you find filming um, like it, you filmed turkey, you filmed the, the predator, you filmed uh, deer. And you're filming waterfowl, and you're filming, and then there's a difference in, in waterfowl. I mean, there's a difference between filming snow geese to Canada's to you know the spec. Now the Canada specs and snow is probably pretty close, but ducks can be yeah. as as son of a gun to film. And um, absolutely, did you find? Would you say that's probably your uh, you know when filming um, waterfowl is probably your biggest challenge? If uh, you know it separates the men from the boys and being able to run a camera. Absolutely. I, um, I don't know. I, the, you, I've had an argument with the, the guys from on in public and just other people I know that film. Um, it's just interesting. Um, you know, I remember my biggest worry when I was filming deer hunts um, every single day was, okay, is it recording? Like that's because you got one moment, you know, the deer's walking in, you shoot the deer, it runs off. You just have to nail that, that one moment. But waterfowl hunting um it's a different you definitely have more chances on a good hunt to make sure it's right but um filming a moving object that's flying that fast and then you know they're you know when i was down in arkansas especially there might be 10 guns in the blind um and then just making sure you're hit that's the biggest thing um that's hard for me um is trying to make sure that i got a clear camera angle but, Absolutely. you know, basically that I can see the birds, but the birds can't see me. And that's a big challenge. Um, so I, I personally think waterfowl hunting, especially duck. Um, I have, I have a love hate relationship with filming ducks. It's just, <laughs> they're small, they're fast. You can't hear them coming. You know, that's the thing that's good about geese, especially Canada geese. Um, when I go on a Canada goose hunt, it's, it's kind of like a, it's, a nice break just because I, I hear them, you know, I can hear them coming. 
I know when it's going to happen. The relatively slow moving. Um, if you can get them decoy right, it's it's perfect. But ducks, they're just it's, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I might film two or three good duck hunts a year, and we might go on ten to fifteen good hunts a year, but. It's just hard to film a good duck hunt. Oh, they're fun to hunt and they're fun to shoot, but they're. I'll, I remember a few years back, I went down to Arkansas to hunt Whispering Oaks, George Washington's uh, uh, Whispering Oaks, and uh, I was hunting with Philip Vanderpool, which was going to be his first attempt filming waterfowl hunts, and then and T.J. Unger, and um, <laughs> they uh, they came down. I forget we we were down there and we we're in one of the, the, the pits of the blinds in the water down there. And as I would be calling these ducks would be coming in and I'd see them setting up. And first question I asked him before we even set up, I said, Philip, I said, uh, Hey, sad daddy, have you ever filmed a waterfowl before or any duck hunts? And no, don't turkey and deer. And I started laughing. What's so funny? <laughs> I said, You'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> and ducks would come in, especially the wood ducks and stuff that buzz in. I'd look over and wink and say, hey, did you get that one? No. <laughs> did you get that one? No. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, yep. you know, Philip has shot, you know, guys have known him for years of hunting on HS, and, and uh, he's traveled. He's, he's got a collection of whitetails. It's unbelievable. And, you know, it's his life of hunting. And I sat next to him and watched him. I let him, gave him my shotgun to shoot his first um greenhead that I called in and I'm behind his shoulder telling him when to shoot and when he shot that thing I'm telling you what he was walking around with those that that greenhead like a proud puppy I mean he was he was happier in a puppy with two Peters that with that greenhead duck and I'm laughing thinking here's a guy who's got a wall full of big white tails and yep. a greenhead duck he is, is just you know anyway it was pretty cool so let me get um Is there any tips that, and you, I know you've already kind of discussed what, what you had to do to get started and stuff, but, and, and I know that uh, it, it's tough to say that here's a guy that's still in college, but actually you're seasoned at this, and we're looking at you as, wow, this, he's doing this out. And I mean, I've really started, like you said, the hunting season's kind of winding down here, so I'm watching more of the YouTube hunts, and I really started enjoying your hunts. And because what, to me, what makes it awesome is it is about as real, you know, I'm, I can relate to the snow goose and you trying to hide and you're doing a great job, but the excitement and they're coming in, you're doing a great job. And um, so any of the young guys out there, listeners who, who listen in on this, hoping to catch some tips or something, you know, the Gucci way, but uh, what would you be as a good tip to even a guy like me who's wanting to do more filming of my of my own stuff and i mean what 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 would you your advice be yeah the first thing i always tell people is if you're interested in it just find a camera i see a lot of guys go out and it's similar to guys that want to get into waterfowl hunting they think they've got to have you know several thousand dollars worth of decoys they've got to have you know this they got to have that and when I first started filming waterfowl hunts, my mom just had like this, I don't even know, it's probably like a three or $400 camera that she took pictures of us, um, you know, on family vacations. And I just started filming off that. And what it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't going to be any high quality, but it gave me the opportunity to just try it out. And that's what I always tell people, because I've seen a bunch of people, I get probably three or four messages a week, people saying, hey, I just bought this 
you know, $3,000 camera and I don't know how to work it. And, um, I'm thinking about getting out of it and they've just invested, you know, so much money and now they've gotten their camera. They really don't know if they even like it and they don't know how to really operate the camera. And so it's just a recipe for disappointment. So my, my number one tip for anyone who's never done it before is just start filming something and it doesn't have to be on the highest quality things. And what I tell a lot of people, um, especially the younger kids, is if you've got a phone, you can do so much with a phone. And it might not look exactly like you want it, but try going out and filming something with your phone or an old camera and see if you like it. Because I see a lot of people get into it um, and thinking they need just a bunch of really expensive gear and then they get disappointed. So. Um, try it out for one. And then the second thing um, I tell people is that if you're going to run a camera, you pretty much have to run the camera. And that was the hardest thing for me when I first got into it was I would go on a hunt. I would be more than fine to run the camera. But as soon as the birds started coming in or as soon as I heard the turkey gobble, I was like, no, this isn't, you know, I don't know if I want to do this. I'd rather just sit here and watch or I'd rather pick up my gun. And it's not to say that you don't ever get to shoot because I, I still get to shoot um, a decent bit, but um, you will never be fully happy with what you capture if you're worried about a lot of other things besides the camera. Um, so those are kind of my two biggest tips. Um, I, at the beginning, when I, when I first decided, okay, I'm, I'm not even bringing my gun. That's what I had to use. I used to have to do. I wouldn't even bring my gun. Yeah, I'd have and to keep my gun I, in the case. <laughs> yeah, and I would, I just, I was like, I'm dedicated to filming this whole thing. And the first, I remember the first time that I got, you know, something on the camera that I was like, holy cow, this, you know, this resembles what I'm seeing or this resembles what I want. I was just as excited as I would have been shooting. And uh -huh. that's how it is now. I, I, if I had the choice, I think I would honestly film instead of shoot whenever and and tell my buddies you know didn't bring their gun and just said i'm going to film this and they got what they were after you know that that's just as good as killing them um to me and uh that's when i really found okay i'm you know i'm i'm getting the hang of this and i'm able to capture what i want to capture when i was only focused on that you know, you made a comment there earlier about just, you know, just go out and, and film and, and get some practice. And I, and I had a, a good friend years ago who had a, a major TV show and we were talking in a show once about filming and, and started. And he mentioned to me because mainly he did deer hunts, but he to practice, you know, and, and I, I was the same way because I, I, I use baseball in a lot of my analogy. I played it and coached it and but uh, the only way, you know, to, you, you practice, you don't practice in live game. And sort of same way training dogs and everything else, you should already know what you're doing when you get to the game. You know, you're not practicing in the game is, I guess, the words you use. But what he used to do was get in his backyard, and he said, I would put up a little tree stand. doesn't have to be high. Just get enough two, three steps, <laughs> and you're into it. And he would turn his dog loose and let his dog yep. run in the backyard and move around. And he said, I would just sit there and practice. And uh, like my dog was a big buck and practice and filming. So then he learned real quick, you know, there's a staging part where you have the animal always, you know, so you're not always playing catch up like the camera's trying to catch up with the right. animal. 
And he says, that's one of the things. So, you know, so that really I thought was a great advice. And then uh, a conversation when I was with Avery years ago with Bill Cooksey, we were talking about filming waterfowl. And he said, you know, the guy who needs to, you need to have trained waterfowlers and filming is the guy at the at the PGA golf tournament who films that dr- guy hitting the driver and hitting that golf ball 300 yards, you know, and yep. is able to film and zero in on that golf ball and follow it all the way in the center of the screen. Well, that lit a candle to me. So what I used to do is make my camera guy, we'd practice at the shop, believe it or not, but with, you know, because we're filming waterfowl, practicing filming on the Frisbees. I'd get out in front or get to the side and we start, you know, hey, you're going to pretend this Frisbee is a goose. Pretend this Frisbee is a duck come flying in. So we could go right to left. It could come straight in. It could could be one of those floaters that come over top. But he would practice filming the Frisbee. Sounds stupid, but it helps you uh, pay attention. Absolutely. I remember my first day, I thought this was crazy. The first day I was an intern at the Hunting Public, we did exactly that. They had a tree stand set up in their yard, um, and there was uh, two interns, me and another guy, and we set the tree camera arm up. We set everything up. One guy got their bow, and that guy, the other intern, went out in the yard and got on all fours and walked right to our tree stand. They acted like they were going to shoot it. You ran off. I mean, we did exactly that, and I thought, I mean, at the time, I was like, geez, this is <laughs> you know, what is this? You know, we, we probably look like idiots to people on the street. And uh, sure enough, it wasn't a week later, season started, and the first night out, um, I filmed a, a deer get killed, and it was the exact same thing. And I was like, I've already done this. But yeah. had I not done it, I would have messed it up, and I would have instantly been like, man, this is I don't know if this is for me. I can't do this. And if, it's like you said, people go out and they practice, in live scenarios you know you're not going to send right. a guy that's never played football out to a football game and he's probably going to get demolished the first time he touches the ball so um yeah that that's definitely a good point and something i try to tell people is you know you can you can practice this because it's definitely a skill that takes some practicing well what are your plans uh, after college are you going to are you going to continue with gucci tv or what 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 uh, do you see in the near future for Ethan Gooch and Bryce and Tanner? Yeah, absolutely. So I graduate in May. Bryce and Tanner graduate a year from May. Um, I think as of now, I'm looking at becoming, <laughs> I know this is nothing related, but um, I've been working for a real estate appraiser. So um, Good I'm for thinking you. I'm going to appraise, I'm going to appraise real estate and then, uh, that should have the flexibility to do um, what I do. And it's been a blessing, like you said, being in college because, you know, I'm able to balance, you know, basically being a full-time student um, and then this. Um, I, I've realized, you know, this it's a full-time job when I'm doing it, but, um, you know, I can do other things besides just Gucci TV. So as far as I'm concerned, I plan to, you know, keep doing Gucci TV in the same capacity, but um, it looks like right now, yeah, I'm going to become a real estate appraiser, and um, I'm sure I'll work harder at that in the months that it's not hunting season, and then when hunting season rolls around, I'll, uh, I'll go back to doing uh, my thing behind the camera. But um, 
that's another advantage of having Bryce and T Lane um, and some other people I you know know that can run a camera. Is I don't necessarily always have to be there, and um, you know we can still go on. So that's kind of the plans as of now. I'm sure things could change, but um, I do. I have a lot of you know. I'm really passionate about hunting, but um, you know I'm passionate about other things too. So like, would I'm it be excited. named Anna? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'm passionate about that, too. Luckily, Good uh, answer. Luckily, yeah, it seems like she's going to be around for a while, so. That's I'm awesome. Not about, uh, yeah. Not worried about well, that, but. Besides college and and running and being the running Gucci TV and and trying to hunt all over and going with 90 miles an hour with your hair on fire, is there any other interests or hobbies that you think people would be interested to know about Ethan Gooch? Man, probably the I go to school, so I'm an ag science major. Um, really, um, you know, my passion, what I love to do when I'm not hunting is farm. Um, and so I, I picked up a bunch more acres this year, and uh, my dad has some ground that he farms on. So really that's kind of my, my escape to get, get outside when it's not hunting season. Um, so pretty wow. much born and raised in rural Missouri, and I like the stereotypical stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I really like to farm, and it's a good way for me and my dad to get to spend time together. And uh, – just be outside so well i'll tell you my uh, friend your, my your mom and dad's done a tremendous job raising you you can definitely tell the work ethics that you got and that's what a lot of people one of the things you can give all the tips you want and and they're great tips but one of the things you still you know they got to have instilled some good strong work ethics and like you you made the, the comment and i've said this before you practice in those days you don't feel like practicing you're still practicing and if you listen to right. great athletes and stuff like that, it's relentless. It's a passion that you got to constantly, constantly keep working on. And you're doing a great job, my friend. Enjoy it. And all you people out there, you get a chance. Ethan Gooch on Gucci TV and the YouTube channel. Am I saying everything right, correctly? But uh, get a chance to listen. Yeah, thank you. So you can teach an old an old dog new tricks. Just throw me a new bone. <laughs> but uh, anyway, buddy, I get uh, look forward to hunting with you guys. Hopefully, sometime here soon. And and um, enjoy you taking. I know your busy schedule taking time out to to let me pick your brain and talk a little bit about you. And uh, anybody else, uh, stay tuned and to uh, George Lynch podcast and uh, stay safe. Well, folks. Thank you for listening to the George Lynch Hunting Podcast Show, brought to you by Legendary Gear, the game call company that is legend by design. Be sure to check out all of our game calls at legendarygearusa.com. Legendary Gear has superior waterfowl and turkey calls to keep you tipping toenails. Every waterfowl call is hand-tuned by myself, so hunt smart and stay safe. This is George Lynch signing off until next week on the George Lynch Hunting Podcast Show.